Welcome to the Heavy Hole. I am Tom. I'm Big Will, a.k.a. Uncle Buck. I'm Justin tonight on the Heavy Hole. How you guys doing? You were Justin last Ooh, week, too, man. Dude, so I'm having a good week, Justin. Will, how's your week? Uh, it's only Monday. What are you talking about, man? Think, think, things are looking up. Things are looking up, man. Thank you for asking. What, what about you over there? Oh, over here, me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what the uh, yeah week is good. Listen, guy, uh, I'm I'm recovering slightly. Um, big professional wrestling weekend. Mm. New Japan Pro Wrestling, mm. Wrestle Kingdom 14, double nights. Mm. Uh, usually they just do one about 11 hour show. It starts at 3 a.m. Okay. And we used to like we used to have some uh, some buddies over and power it out. Um, usually like. 3, 4 a.m., we'd have the Dunkin' Donuts, the bagels, the cream cheese flow, and the coffee. And as soon as you saw daylight, we'd bust out the mimosas, you know, be a little extra fancy. I'd bust uh, out the Tums at that point. Uh, always, <laughs> that's that's always on the on the right-hand side. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was pretty nice. I, uh, I found a delicious new food pairing, which is uh, uh, Giuseppe's uh, Sweet Sauce Pizza mm. and Saki. This is great. Giuseppe's of Huntington mm, Station. That's right. Okay, shout shout to them. You yeah, know the, the sweet sauce pizza. If you know, you know. So that was pretty yeah. nice. How okay. about, uh, Will, hey, how's uh, how's everything? Uh, how thing, you doing? Things are good, man. Little, um, fairly uneventful weekend. Uh, didn't work as much as I used to. Um, uh, did a little research for the podcast uh, as I as I do, man. We had a, a, a kind of like um. Uh, intimidating amount of research, man. Our guest tonight has a lot, but we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that, man. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, it's it's gonna be fun, man. I uh, got to walk my dog around the neighborhood mm. this uh, this this weekend, oh, man. Yeah, nice. didn't walk th- th- doing that, man. Uh, not much else going on, man. Yeah, yeah, it was it was good. Hmm. What about you, Tom? How's that thing looking for you? I'm uh, it's funny you bring up dog. I'm dog sitting right now for my neighbors, and um, these dogs wake up very early. Okay. Um, I, I'm staying at their house. Okay, I'm They're looking around. Yeah, I'm yeah, looking around. Yeah. I'm like, where are these where are these guys yeah. at? Maybe they were tiny dogs. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I crash over there, and uh, it's like this adjustment thing. They go away in the beginning of every year, so January is usually uh, me with this someone year. else's dogs just hanging out. And now we got, you know, here's the dog right here, Dahlia. Say hello. Yeah, dog ran up on us because she heard us talking about somebody else's dogs. Yeah. Jealous. That's how dogs get. Dogs get jealous, man. Did and you my, call my name? My mind has been preoccupied with... Um, remnants of our talk with Dave Case and when he recommended Thundercat and that Michael McDonald song mm. I, I've been just thinking about starting a Yacht Rock project you you do live adjacent to the water here in Huntington you live close enough that salt that salt air gets in your mind mm-hmm. yeah, yeah I think it's happening yeah. so I, you know humming melodies all day love it <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Oh, that's now, 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 now everybody's just trying to top that uh, the Michael McDonald impression, man, on that Dave that's, Case yeah, episode. Man. That, that song is already registered to ASCAP, so don't think about it. Yeah, yeah. We're going to catch a flag just for your impression of it. There'll <laughs> be at least one Yacht, yacht, yacht uh, Rock release on Heavy Hole Records in the near future. Oh, yeah. I am very excited Heavy. for that. Wait, you guys started a label without me? Before we die. What's that all about, <laughs> man? We're working on the paperwork right now. All but right. anyway... Well, listen, man. One guy who has started quite a few different projects and joined quite a few other projects uh, and filled in here and there on somebody else's project. This guy's all over the place. Uh, Tonight, we're going to talk to Eric Burke uh, of Rochester, New York, currently known uh, as uh, the guitarist and vocalist of Sulaco, um, guitarist of Nuclear Assault, long-running band, uh, and the drummer of Blurring, uh, formerly also of Brutal Truth, Calabas, 
uh, Lethargy, classic, uh, underrated, obscure death metal band from Rochester, New York. And did you know this man even played live in Napalm Death once? This is crazy. Yeah, what a resume. Yeah, right? Get him on the phone. What's dude? Hey, Eric. What's up, brother? How you doing? Good. How are you doing? I'm great, man. Uh, thanks for giving us your time. Yeah, of course. Yeah, man. I got to introduce you real quick to... um. This is Justin uh, to the left of me. How's it going, man? Justin, how you doing, man? Good to What's meet happening? you. And Tom to the right of me, man. Hello, Eric. Tom to the right of you. <laughs> yeah. What's happening, dude? Chilling, man. Thanks for your time. All right, man. Pleasure. Yeah, my pleasure. Just flanking Will for tonight. So we'll be here. <laughs> these guys hold me. If I get a little crazy, these guys hold me down, man. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me. Uh, good to hear from you, Eric, man. Good to talk yeah, to you. Yeah, man. man. Yeah, fuck uh, you. Uh, there's a lot. I was just saying before on the little intro, uh, the, like the re the research on you, if I'm going to interview you, is daunting, man. You've been in so many projects and bands over the years, man. So... Um, being respectful of your time, as we say, man, uh, we're just going to get into the uh, the interview, if that's cool, man. Yeah, yeah, you can do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> awesome, man. I'm so, down, I'm down. You're, you're originally from Rochester? Yeah, yeah, always uh, always been here. Awesome, man. And um, starting from the beginning, are you from like a fairly creative or musical family in any way? Mm, no, no. I, I, I uh, One side of my family is... Is a pretty good size, but uh, uh, I have like one uncle that that is uh, that plays a little bit of guitar, but uh, but other than that, no, no one's no one's ever really, I guess, had the had the itch in, in my family. <laughs> wow, man! But I have a, I have a I have a younger nephew right now that just started playing guitar that I gave a guitar to last year, and. Started playing and learning on his own, and he's starting to play all the old Metallica songs that I used to play when I was fourteen, and I think he's fourteen right now. Wow! And this fucking kid rips, and he he has he, he just has it. When I'm seeing this kid down pick and he's playing everything, I'm just man, man I'm blown away. So there's a little bit in the family now that's coming out, so it's, <laughs> it's pretty cool. It, it skips a couple of generations, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, it skipped a little yeah. bit, but it's there, you know? It's something to be proud of. So, uh, so, so well, then, growing up then, man, um, when, do, when do you get into music, man? Do, when do you first start noticing music uh, and thinking, like, this is something special for you? Uh, I, guess it, I guess it would probably be... I mean, I really started getting into shit, I think, when Eddie, Eddie Van Halen... Uh, when I really started noticing him uh, with like fair warning and stuff, but I didn't get into fair warning right away. I think it was like I think it was 1984 when that came out, and I just loved uh, Eddie and all that shit. But when I went in the back catalog and I realized that that was the real stuff, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, um, and I was into some of the hair bands too, like Rat and stuff, because I was into Warren D. Martini. He's one of my favorites, and. And Brad Gillis and Night Ranger, he was one of my favorites. And and, uh, and when Jakey e. Lee was playing with Ozzy, like there were some of those 
those shredders that I, that I was into early on. So that's what really turned me on, you know, and like MTV and all that shit. I was one of those dudes staying up till fucking Headbangers Ball and you know, waiting for the good shit, you know. So it was, uh, I guess it was, uh, I guess that's, that's kind of how it started. And I think I started playing guitar uh, right around 14 or something. I got a, like a harmony through a Finger Hut catalog that I convinced my mom to fucking get me for Christmas or something, you know, and it was a Strat, so it's like something, I've always stuck with Strats, you know, it's it's, it's my thing. Finger Hut catalog. <laughs> my yeah, mom. I don't know, you remember Finger Hut yeah. at all? I don't know, you know, know like they always <laughs> sold some weird shit and, and they had a, a little, little bit of everything. <laughs> yeah, they sold a little bit of everything, but man, yeah. they had that fucking guitar in there and I had that page creased and I used to fucking <laughs> look at it every day, you know. I think it was $199 yeah. with an amp that had the tremolo effect on it. I thought it was cool. I'm pretty sure Finger Hut, you could get that payment plan, though, right? <laughs> yeah, I think that, I think that's what my mom got, dude. Yeah. I ain't even kidding. That was like the whole thing that was weird is that they had a payment plan. Yeah, man, I remember Finger Hut. My mom used to get those catalogs, man. <laughs> yeah, shout out yeah, to whoever totally. named their store Finger Hut. Yeah, yeah. Fucking... yeah. That, is kind of, that is kind of creepy, you're right. Yeah, yeah. But but if they, sell, if they only sold guitars, Finger Hut was would be less creepy but still very less yeah other than that <laughs> these fuckers are creepy oh man uh so what about does like pizza hut is like put fingers on it yeah <laughs> <laughs> does does drums come later on in life yeah drums came from uh uh drums came the first band i played in was with uh uh two old bros uh john and wally and we were called matricor and and I didn't really play drums in that band, but when I started playing drums with uh, Braun um, in Lethargy, uh, well, I didn't start playing drums with him, but when I started jamming with him, I used to play on his kit a little bit here and there. And and obviously, uh, watching Braun uh, progress and grow, I think is, is probably what got me behind the drums to learn some, because I wanted to play a little bit, you know? and, and uh, he gave me the first drums that I had. He, uh, uh, an old Ludwig kit that he used to use for lethargy. It was a big double bass silver fucking monster. And uh, when he got his new drums, he gave me his old drums. And uh, I, me and uh, some friends, we had, uh, uh, one of them was the bass player in lethargy. We had like a, a cheesy hardcore slash clutch worship band called minority for a, a little while where we just played a gig or two and i played drums in that and, and uh it was mostly like kind of like it sounded like the first clutch record and uh it was pretty cool stuff though and uh then i started doing like a, a solo project called bct where it's all just kind of i was getting influenced by like ac and and uh da and all like the fucking killer grind shit that was coming out with like the short tunes that were kind of fun and and uh fast and noisy and uh yeah i guess that's kind of that's kind of where all that shit started and then with calabas when that when uh, i started drumming for those guys in uh, 2000 or, or whenever that was that was almost uh, uh it seemed like that kind of just started as a joke and uh we wrote we wrote like four tunes and recorded a demo and uh, uh some friends in japan uh jumbo put it put it out on his label howling bowl and and uh 
for some reason people liked it and and uh <laughs> and it was really weird because like uh you know i played drums in that band and it was right when i was getting it it's the first real grind band i ever played in and and uh I had worked real hard on lethargy stuff and, and never really got anywhere with it. And then I took a shit with Calabas and we all of a sudden were playing gigs and went, yeah. on, went on the road and did this and that. And it, there were two completely different style bands, but, uh, but uh, you know, the guitar has always been my, has always been my bag, you know? Okay, man. Yeah. And uh, we have a, a lot of questions about both of those bands and other bands you've been in, man. But um, before we move too far ahead, uh, as so now you know as as a young man uh, you know playing guitar, uh, you mentioned like the, the the power metal and the more eighties metal stuff. When do you become aware of your more extreme music, whether it's punk, hardcore, metal, thrash? Like when do you become aware of stuff that's uh, you know not not even on Headbangers Ball, the underground, so to speak? And what is the local scene like there in Rochester for teenage Eric? Well, there was I don't know. I guess when I first got into the real aggressive shit. Uh, I'm thinking from like the jump from like uh, you know maybe the jump from like the the rat and shit like that. There was a buddy of mine that had a mixtape that had uh, piece by piece, uh, disposable heroes and uh, five year plan on it, and we used to listen to it every day. And it was in it was right when those records came out, and. Uh, I feel like that's when things kind of started to step up a little bit, and then all of a sudden, all the hair metal shit kind of went away. And then, uh, you know, and then when all the brutal shit started coming out, like uh, Cannibal Corpse and and uh, all the brutal death metal shit, and some of the crime core shit with like Napalm. I think I got into, I got into Napalm for Harmony Corruption. I forget when what year that was. It might have been like right when everything was coming out, but. Uh, I don't know. I guess that would be when when shit got shit got kind of crazy. The first DSide record used to scare me because <laughs> I was like, I, I was, you know, call week, but I was like, man, that guy's screaming Satan, and it's not that I was into Jesus or anything, but I was like, man, he must just be fucking pissed. And then you hear all the rumors about Glenn Benton and yeah. shit. You know, it's like, oh, he burned his fucking head and and he does this and he, oh, he doesn't use vocal effects. And then you know that was like a whole thing. I remember back then was it. People were pissed off because Glenn Benton used vocal effects. It's like, man, those shit, that shit sounds cool. Who gives a shit what he did, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, now, nowadays there's a whole bunch of bands that do it, man. Yeah, it's like, who gives a shit? But back then, though, you know, the scene was a lot smaller. It's like you knew everyone yeah. in it, you know? Yeah, that that's true, man. And, um, well, so, so is your first band Lethargy? No, my first band was called MOA, The Mercenaries of Anarchy. <laughs> okay, and then, okay. Uh, oh, and you mentioned Matricor. Yeah, and okay. that's it and we eventually changed the name to Matricor. Yeah. yeah, and and we were kind of uh uh you know, just brutal death metal, but we had a little bit of a quirk to us, you know, where it was kind of like a long windy road of riffs where we never repeated anything and and our bass player had a super deep voice and and uh, I would sing too and uh it was it was I, actually, I, I fucking love this shit. We started jamming a little bit a few years ago, uh, but unfortunately, uh, uh, nothing ever came of it. We were just going to record a few tunes, but then our band room got robbed, and it kind of ruined the momentum. Oh, my God, that sucks. Yeah, it does. Uh, but uh, but after that, um, uh, 
Lethargy uh, started in like '92, and and that was like right after Match Record quit. So, okay, man, and and um, uh, now I want to stop right here in, in case the listeners are unfamiliar with uh, Lethargy. Um, uh, we're going to be talking about it, but is there uh, at that point a connection somehow to the music of um, maybe uh, bands from New Jersey? I'll just leave it at that. That you that you're that you're uh, is there like a correlation with? Yeah, yeah, there definitely is because okay. right at right at the right at the tail of Matricor's existence, um, uh, while Matricor was going on, uh, we became good friends with a, a buddy of ours. His name is Bill Lander, and uh, he was friends with a lot of the guys in New Jersey, and uh, he kind of started managing our band Matricor. Not that we were going that crazy or anything. But uh, we wanted to try and, and grow the band some, and he was really behind the band. So he kind of, quote-unquote, started managing us and uh, introduced us to Human Remains. Mm-hmm. And um, the day he did, he had a white Ford Escort, and he brought it the demo to our uh, jam room, popped the back hatch, and we all skanked around his car while we listened to uh, the, that first demo over and over again. And it was, it stained my mind, obviously. Human Remains has a sound, and back then it was a sound. And uh, I'm the first one to say that I definitely glommed onto it big time. And uh, uh, and, and those guys are amazing. And uh, uh, I've been friends with uh, Witty now since then. And, and we went back and forth with shows when lethargy was going on they'd come up and play with us and we go down and play with them happened a couple times and and uh uh we've we've stayed good friends with those guys ever since and uh they're they're all great dudes okay awesome man um it makes a lot of sense when you hear both bands uh especially older material and we've talked um we talked we had dave witty on the show not too long ago and interviewed him uh, and talked about how in New Jersey there's kind of this not just human remains you had bands like uh, Ripping Corpse, uh, Rorschach, oh, yeah. like just They're the other kings. Yeah, there's this whole thing down there, man. Um, that was going on. And what's interesting to me, uh, maybe we should clarify for the listeners because, as I said, we have listeners that aren't just in New York. Where you're at in Rochester, it's it's uh, it's not not just a quick subway stop to Manhattan, right? No, no, it's it's about six hours to get down there. Yeah, it's about six hours. This is upstate New York, and not everybody, you know, we have listeners in different parts of the world. Not everybody might realize that. So it's kind of an interesting phenomenon that you would have bands from Rochester, New York, uh, and bands from New Jersey, these two insular scenes, especially in the days pre-internet, um, that were reflecting, like, like kind of expanding on these sounds in different ways, man. You know, so I, I just didn't want that to um, to get lost. It's, it's really interesting to me how that happened. So I guess, uh, what was your, your manager's name? Bill Lander. Bill Lander. So I guess that guy had a lot to do with that. Is he known for any other projects or anything like that? He really did. He played up. Uh, he played in a band up here for I think about ten years until about maybe a year ago called Order of the Dead, mm-hmm. uh, and they used to gig right re- regularly and uh, play around the region. And uh, I'm trying to think. He was in a couple bands. He lived in Florida for a little while too. I think. Uh, one was called Swollen, and uh, I don't know. There was another one. I'm 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 drawing a blank. But uh, Bill's Bill's a great guy. We we've, we've been we're old friends, and yeah, he's a good dude. It sounds like there's uh or 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 was a fairly big scene in Rochester for this type of music in the early '90s. 
Yeah, yeah, it it was uh, it was killer. Like it, it in the early '90s, we started playing. It was it was pretty good, and it was developing. And there was a couple good hardcore bands, and there was a few death metal bands. And you know, everyone was bros, and everyone knew each other. Everyone went to the shows every week or every other week, whenever they were at a few different clubs, and uh, uh, and it it was uh, and it was a pretty good thing. But it definitely grew uh, mid '90s. Lether- uh, when Lethargy, we started playing with some different bands in town that weren't all metal bands. Uh, uh, some bigger local bands, like uh, this one band called Big Hair that was around. Uh, they were kind of the kings of the scene for a while, and um, they would they would jam every club they played in every time they played. And they took a liking to Lethargy because they thought that we were a little different. And, uh, and they were definitely a little different and we were actually getting a big influence from them as well because they just had this weird quirk about them where they had a mix of, of funk and jazz and, and, and metal and rock and just this weird fucking thing but it was they, they put on the, one of the best shows and uh, they, they put us opening for a couple of their gigs a couple times and after that our, our following kind of doubled because it we were playing in, instead of playing in front of a hundred or 50 or a hundred people, we would play at this one place called the water street in front of, you know, maybe three or 500 people. So it was pretty, it was pretty cool. So we had, a, we had a few good gigs when lethargy played, but we didn't, we didn't get a chance to do as much as we wanted to. Uh, yeah, because, um, you, you actually put out a split with big hair, right? In 94. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, so there was that, and there was a few demos and then there was the, uh, it's hard to write with uh, a little hand full length. That was in 96. Um, and then the band breaks up in 99, right? Yeah. Yeah. Our last show was Christmas of 99. Wow. Um, and uh, so so I don't know if you want to divulge anything, but um, do, do you want to talk a, a little bit about any of the situation that led to the band disbanding? Well, it. I mean, it was pretty much, uh, you know, anyone that knows, knows that... Uh, Braun and Bill from the Mighty Macedon, they were uh, in lethargy with me. And and uh, during that time, uh, they both went to do Today is the Day. So the band had been broken up for a little bit while they moved and wrote uh, In the Eyes of God with Steve. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, so they, uh, I think Braun and Bill had a, uh, a, uh, a plan that they wanted to do, you know. And, and when they toured like that, they fell in love with it. And and that's something that I didn't get a chance to experience yet. Um, so when they got back, I think they already kind of had Mastodon. Uh, I think they already kind of had the wheels going on that, you know. And they we came back. They, they came back home for a little bit. We did a show. We recorded our last newest songs. And then they were like, come on. And, and Braun even brought up, you know, he's like, hey, man, he's like, you should move to Atlanta with us, you know. But he didn't really divulge anything that they had any kind of plans or anything. And I just didn't feel like we needed to move anywhere, you know, because uh, our newest lethargy stuff I felt was the strongest we've ever had. You know, I was very pumped. I'm always pumped over music, you know. It's just it's the best way to be. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, especially with that stuff, I thought it was great, and I didn't understand why they were leaving. But every day, I understand why they left. You know, so it makes it makes a lot of sense. And uh, 
you know, I'm sure there, there might be some more on their end that I don't know about, and that's perfectly fine. Uh, but uh, uh, I'm still proud of the, the shit that we did every day. Like, I just rewatched uh, some of the Chris, the last show that we played because someone reposted it up online. And uh, uh, I love those fucking songs, man. They're killer. Uh, yeah, um, absolutely, man. Great music. And I, fe- I feel like you really uh, kept on the legacy, at least the, the spirit of that music with Salako um, quite a bit over the years, uh, you know, with with the, with the releases and the shows I've seen you at with that band. Um, that being Thank said, you. Uh, you know, it seems like over the course of the next two or three years, you picked up rather quickly because you were busy with Calabas. Um, you start yeah. you started Salako with uh, Chris Golding on drums. And, yeah. and uh, Lon Hackett on bass, which is the, the lineup still to this day, right? Yeah, well, we're a five-piece now. We have two other guys. We have uh, Brian Mason on second guitar. Okay. And uh, uh, and then my buddy Jace, Jason Leone, that uh, he started singing for us at the end of 18. And, uh, uh, and that's been going real great. I've been wanting to have the band as a five-piece for years. Because I uh, singing has been has gotten really really hard, and uh, I could still do it. But when I was doing it a full set, by about four or five songs in, my head was ready to explode. Mm. And uh, I don't I don't even rehearse. Uh, you know, at band rehearsal, I never sang. So uh, because I would get crazy headaches, and it just got to be a pain in the ass. I tough it out live. It's, you know, you got adrenaline. It kind of makes it a little easier. But by the end of the set, I felt like I wanted to fucking die. So it was like, uh, I'd rather have someone with a good, strong voice that I can do some backups with and we can experiment a little more like that, you know? That that sounds interesting. And it sounds amazing for the for the band because I know how the band is. Um, what, also that you've been playing for, at this point, almost 30 years, singing and playing guitar at the same time, in light of what yeah, you just said. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, I think, I think it's time, you're, you, you deserve a break. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, it, it, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> as silly as that answer might be, thank you. I, it, I, it's, yeah, I well, love it. Well, speaking of that, man, were you, when you, when you first, um, when you're in uh, Matricore and then Lethargy starting out, like at what point do you start singing and playing guitar? Was that originally out of necessity, or did you aspire to do both in the beginning? No, it just it just kind of happened. It was with Matricore. Me and Wally, we would both we would both be singing, and we used to do a lot of like trade off stuff where we would both be singing a lot. Like no one ever. Well, Wally might have did maybe. It was maybe more like sixty forty, where he would do sixty, you know, and. And, uh, yeah, it definitely wasn't out of necessity. I was just trying, I guess I was a big fan of, of Chuck and death and like spiritual healing is one of my favorite records ever. And I used to try and always sound like him mm-hmm. and, uh, 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 him and, uh, the dude in Morgoth, the first Morgoth was the greatest. The first yeah. atrocity is the greatest. Paul Miller oh. from human remains is the greatest. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's all the shit that was making me like, Oh my God, I can get, like I used to have that, I used to be able to get to that range and like have a similar tone here and there. So I was like, those guys are my heroes, you know. And uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I think I, it was just because I wanted to, I wanted to just make. We're a three piece, so I was just trying to make some more noise, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and um, you know, before before we leave, uh, let go go move on from lethargy. 
Uh, you did mention Braun and Bill, who would go on to be in Today's the Day and uh, Mastodon. Uh, did what's your background with those two guys? Did did you grow up with them? Were were they just around your town? Uh, no. Well, with with Braun, I met Braun first, and uh, let's see, how the fuck did I even you meet Braun? Braun was in a band before lethargy called evisceration and it was kind of like a slow heavy uh death metal band uh very deep vocals and very just like and it was like just big kind of death metal riffs kind of chunky and uh uh it was it was pretty pretty cool stuff and i think oh that's what it was is that braun had this party at his uh at his house in greece and he was still in that band i was in matricor and i think it was his graduation party and he had a couple parties at his house before in his basement we dubbed the name club braun and because everyone knew where braun lived braun was a pretty popular dude and he was popular with everybody you know the metalheads the jocks at his school everyone you know braun's a friendly fucking dude we, we should and, mention for the listeners that Greece is a town in upstate New York. Yeah, I was just had yeah. yeah, not the country. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Go on. Sorry to interrupt. No, that's that's okay. What kind but, of high uh, school is this? <laughs> but uh, so yeah, we uh, we played at that at his graduation party, which was hilarious. Which I knew that he was bros with everyone. That's how I knew it was from that night because in the basement where Club Braun was was all dudes with long hair and leathers and black t-shirts and dudes doing windmills and there was like a circle pit in the basement and there's probably five death metal bands that played throughout the night and all upstairs was dudes like jockey dudes with collars and this and that and everyone was partying together drinking and hanging out and uh and most of the kids were underage, and uh, I was too, actually. Hmm. Allegedly. And, uh, <laughs> allegedly, allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. <laughs> and uh, but but yeah, that's that's kind of how it started. Was like I really liked the style that he did in there, and it was a lot different than what I was doing. Mm-hmm. But there was just something about it, and and we, uh, and we talked like we had a brief conversation, like, hey man, if anything ever happens, we should fucking jam sometime, and. Matricor broke up and I went to Buffalo to try out for Baphomet and I learned pretty much 90% of the Baphomet record and I went up and jammed in the basement with the drummer and we went through a few tunes and it went really good and I think that uh, I was friends with the guitar player and the and the, I was friends with all those dudes they were all great dudes but I think for some reason I think uh, a couple I think Dave didn't like me or something something didn't happen but all I know is that after we jammed I'm pretty sure I nailed the tunes pretty good but maybe I <laughs> maybe I sucked cock out of him I don't know but fucking I never fucking heard from him again but yeah, the, the, yeah. the memory I have is much more pleasant yeah. but uh, you know go figure but uh, and, and what- you never you never know I didn't realize. So you had at one point tried out for uh, ba- uh, Baf- Baphomet. Baphomet. I don't know how how uh, pronounced, but from uh, upstate New York, classic yeah. Uh, yeah. death metal band. A lot of people look back to that as one of the foundations of like uh, slammy kind of death metal. Yeah, um, yeah. And th- something I've talked about too is how like Long Island and New York City 
uh, gets a lot of the credit um, for the slammy, um, um, groove-oriented death metal, as we say. But it pains me to admit that a lot of that does come from upstate New York with bands like Baphomet and also uh, a band that you actually subbed in for once, um, Withered Earth. And you did backup vocals on Disgorged, which was like basically Withered Earth. Uh, their first band, most of those guys, right? Yeah, yeah, that was that was the first incarnation of it with uh, with Cole Ross on drums. Yeah, disgorged from upstate New York with Dave Cole Ross, uh, highly underlooked um, primitive slam band for all those uh, listeners out there. Yeah, yeah, those guys were killer, man. That that's when, uh, I mean, I saw their first uh, before they were called Disgorged, they were called uh, Phantasmagoria, mm-hmm. and um, it was you know very guttural fucking primitive death metal slow with a little bit of fucking blast beat with no bass drum you know like it was fucking killer and you know like you knew it was killer but it just it, it was gonna be awesome and before you knew it Carl Ross played drums for five minutes and then he was fucking going crazy you know like it, it, it was it was awesome man the drummers in this town like I, I saw them all grow to be like Cole Ross, Braun, fucking Tim Young. I got to see like all these dudes. Tim, Young, Tim being... Young's Tim Young's from your town. Yeah, okay. I, got, I, okay. I used to see Tim Young when he was in Windbreed when he was like thirteen, doing blast beats, doing okay. windmills, and it's like, dude, what are you? Do- You're like tiny little boy. What are you doing? <laughs> you know, it's like it was, and, and he's fucking killer. I just saw him a week ago. He was in town visiting, man. I love that dude. Wow, man, that's interesting. Yeah. That's there, there's a lot of talent from your area in the extreme metal scene. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, interesting, man. Um, all right, man. So uh, you know, you know, moving along, there's a lot we want to cover, man. Um, so now, yeah, sorry if I get chatty, dude. Just tell me to shut the fuck up. I won't be, you know. Yeah, I I, let us talk. We want to talk more, man. This, this is, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. What, what just, uh, sh- I'm shutting the fuck. I'm fucking shutting up now. <laughs> so. Uh, not only do you start um, Sulaco uh, with, with the um, the original founding trilogy, we, sh- we should say now that there's a, a, that the band's a five piece um, in the early two thousands. That's also around the time that you link up with Nuclear Assault, right? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah. That was part of I. I think that was part of the reason for my departure, Calbos, because I think like Jody had issues with it. I'm not trying to throw Jody under the bus. I love Jody. Me and him have had ups and downs throughout the years, but uh, uh, yeah, there was like a little thing there when when I got asked to play with Nuke was actually right after Calabas played Lilker's uh, uh, fucking wedding party at CBGB's where there was like ten bands, and he asked, he said, "Hey, I'm relocating to Rochester," uh, and uh, Nuke needs a guitar player and Heather I've known his wife since I was I think 18 and and uh she's like Heather dropped your name he's like you want to check it out I was like dude you know I know everything up to handle with care you know <laughs> I was like I don't know what you guys are gonna I hope you guys aren't gonna play anything after that you know <laughs> I mean that's like kind of most of their fans you know and uh uh and that was uh you know, and that was it. I, I showed up to Danny's, and I was like, I've never been much of a lead player. My leads are fucking kind of shit. And, uh, 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 but I love trying to do them anyway. Every hey. now and then I pull off a lick that kind of sounds special. Yeah, leads but, are cool uh, and all, but riffs are important. See, and that's where I've always lived. My entire guitar life has <laughs> always been about a fucking riff. Amen. It's never been about a vocal melody or, or anything, and that's kind of... It's I, I never try and throw in any any stock riffs and 
and and sometimes there might be a couple that sound a little stocky or a little broy, and uh, but it's called and, for. Uh, yeah, yeah, like that's kind of what I try and go for. Is like, well, it's kind of fits the fucking mood, you know, and right. and and at the same time, it might fit the mood for other bands that I say, oh, that shit's stock, and and you know, I've. We're really bad with being naysayers up here. Like we love saying shit's gay and stuff like that, but uh, you know, whatever. You know, some shit is. But uh, <laughs> allegedly, uh, allegedly, you know. But come on, I'm the, I'm the friendliest dude on the fucking planet. You but are fucking man. yeah. But fucking, uh, I, it's the last thing I'd ever want to be is mean. But um, see, now I forgot what even what we were talking about. Oh, uh, sorry, I cut you <laughs> off. Uh, we were talking. You were talking about. Um, uh, really, the riff thing, and um, oh yeah, you yeah, it, player it, so much. yeah. It's always been. It's definitely always been about the riff. I've never like, uh, you know, writing lyrics over all this time and whatever. And 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 every now and then I'll come up with like a. There might be like a vocal phrase or whatever, but it, I've never used it. it, and it's never happened. It's always just been like, now nah, I, I got to make sure that there's a riff, and I'm not going to write a riff. Or, uh, under a phrase that might sound, you know, just to like a like a filler, just for nothing. Like I, I got to be entertained, you know, like mm-hmm. always, almost, you know. It, whether it's a big open rock, fucking gay riff that I love to death, I love that, or it's some kind of techie noodle, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like whatever. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, well, speaking, you know, you talked about lyrics. What about the name Salako? Does that come? Is that a reference to the uh, Aliens franchise? Yeah, it is. We didn't uh, we didn't come up with that. We sat on the porch where Lon, uh, when Lon and uh, you know Aaron Nichols, he mm-hmm. uh, he was roommates with Lon uh, back when Aaron obviously was here, and uh, we were trying to come up with names for Salako, and uh, uh, we we're just throwing shit around, and Aaron threw that out. It was like, yo, it's the it's the shit from Aliens, you know, and this and that. I was like, and we we're all like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, all right, well, let's keep that one on the back burner, and we'll like come up with some other shit. And everything else we came up with was just like, eh, no, nah, I don't know, eh, no, nah, I don't know. And it's it's been fucking it, this year will be eighteen years, and like I still don't like the name. But ah. We just kind of <laughs> stick with it, you know. It's like it's just the way it's just the way it is. It doesn't really roll off the tongue. I mean, it kind of rolls off the tongue, but it doesn't sound good when it does. You know, it's just kind of a weird. <laughs> And that's just my shitty opinion, you know. I mean, hey, I'm, fuck, I can laugh about it, but it's well, just—I don't know. It's—it's it's another name, and and it, and it is what it is. It's your—it's your band, man. You're allowed—you're know, allowed to, to name it, man. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. Who gives a shit? I don't know. I let the try and let the riffs speak for themselves, and if people don't like the band because of the name, eh, that's fine. Hey, man, so the- I listen to a lot of really great bands with questionable names. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's, yeah. I, that's something that's easily overlooked in this kind of music. It's all good. Yeah. I have a lot of great yeah, friends with there are a lot names, of bad names, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, we're, we're going on. Now, now, now with Nuclear Assault, you record the uh, Third, uh, Third World Genocide album in 2005, right? Yeah, yeah. I just did a couple leads on it. Oh, okay. And you were on, you've been on like quite a few live recordings, I noticed, also through the years. Yeah, the... the uh, let me think. Well, I know that there was a lot of live recordings that came out after our tour in 2015 because there was a lot of soundboards taken on that tour, and uh, a, a good majority of them sound like dog shit. <laughs> uh, but uh, but they got put out for some reason anyway. 
Um, uh, and then I think there was another one. Uh, there was another one before 2015 that that I was on, but I'm not sure what it was. But uh, yeah, I just did a couple leads on on Third World. And, okay. Uh, and then and then I did I recorded the rhythms and the leads on the Pounder EP in 2015 too. So I I didn't really record on a lot of the new shit. So um, is, does, is that did that lead to the, uh, getting hooked up with Brutal Truth in 2008? Yeah, yeah, it did. And that it was in I started playing with them. I think it was 2006 at the end of the year because 2007 was when we started touring through. Uh, Europe and and we and we did uh, uh, we played Obscene Extreme in 2007 and then that that's when they uh, recorded the video for the DVD that came out. Okay, yeah, uh, the uh, ugly and unwatched. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was I, I I could totally have my timeline wrong, but I think that's right. No, it sounds the reason I said 08 was because that's when uh, the Round Two EP was released and that was your first uh, credited release with them record studio oh. release. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't. <laughs> it's all good. Man. I, my time with that band yeah. is 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 I blame on Rich and Dan because it's uh, pretty much most of it's in a haze. Okay, man. I get. It. I get. It. Allegedly, allegedly, man. Yeah. Fa- oh, no, not band. allegedly. It is <laughs> facts. Facts. That's what yeah. this show's those about. Facts. facts, and those are those stone hard facts right there. Stoned hard stone facts. Stone hard facts. So, <laughs> so, so you um. So, uh, you have a blurry, blurry kind of two uh, thousands with nuclear assault, and then with brutal truth. Uh, a lot of time on the road, man. I imagine you've seen a great bit of the world playing grindcore at, that, at this point now. Yeah, I mean, uh, brutal truth. We did a bunch of gigs, and and, and uh, the brutal truth stuff that I did, uh, I'm really, really proud of because it it's it's stuff that took me out of my comfort zone a little bit and. And I had to, uh, I had to kind of learn something that I've always loved, you know, like I've always loved grind and, uh, I always felt that I wasn't too bad at it, but, uh, not that I was going to be something, but it, uh, there's just something different about brutal truth. It's a different beast. Like rich drives a train that doesn't have a track that goes straight it 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 it, it drives it it goes straight but it's just it's it's incredibly fucking wild it's it's not to, it's I, I can't even explain it it's mm-hmm. because it's it's uh i i i it's all I'm janky, to explain man. it to a couple people it's just it's it's wrapped my head around it and and it's it, it makes me play differently, and I and I love it because I've I haven't been challenged like that in a while, you know. And and uh, it, it's it's we we just we jammed together not too long ago, a few months ago, because we're working on a new project, and that's based off the fact that I've fucking missed that fuckers for since we haven't jammed in so long. So uh, yeah, there's just something about his drumming that that I really love a lot. It's very unconventional and. And odd and 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 strong and powerful and fucking angry and it's it's, it's a party too you know Rich loves the party. So sounds like you're you're describing your own uh, riff style. So that's great, man. You guys are you guys got yeah. a, got a synergy together, man. That's good. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing is that I always felt like he hit a nerve with me mm-hmm. 
you know, there'd be some fucking, you know, we might have some weird parts here and there, and but there's just something that Rich always hit. He always, I don't know, he always just hit perfect. He's the right kind of crazy for me, you know? Now, now speaking about crazy drummers, uh, one drummer that you allegedly may have worked with, I got to ask you about, um, there's uh, rumors online circulating that you have a brother named Drew Burke who played drums in Nuclear Assault. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> you, you never heard that? <laughs> no, that's news to me. All right, man, you got to Google yourself, man. It's funny what comes up. Drew Burke? <laughs> who the fuck is Drew Burke? You you, you didn't know that? <laughs> no, man, that's that's crazy. I thought you were just pulling my leg. No, my brother. Look, if you look up Nuclear Assault, there's somebody named, it says, it says and it says in uh, Encyclopedia Metallum, brother of Eric Burke. Somebody might be playing a joke on you, bro. I hope so. I thought maybe, I thought maybe this was a little prank. There's if you look it up though, man. I Google Eric Burke from Italian because we use Encyclopedia Italian. Shout to them. We do reference them for these interviews and and things like yeah. that, amongst many other resources. I should note. Uh, and uh, yeah, Drew Burke comes up and it says brother of Eric Burke and it says he's been playing drums in um, uh, Nuclear Assault for, for I think since like uh, last two years or so. No, I mean the closest, the closest thing to that that would even make a little bit of sense is that my buddy Drew from here, who now lives in Atlanta, his name is Andrew Verstraight, and he has filled in for Nick uh, a couple times this past year. <laughs> okay, well that's probably it because it says Nuclear Assault Drums 2019 to present. Drew Burke, brother of Eric Burke, and that's the only information yeah, at all. So that's just someone knowing that that he's like an old bro. I guess <laughs> I don't fucking know. That's, that's probably, silly as fuck. But that's got to be that's got to be what it means. If if you said the timeline is 2019 to now, okay. then that's. That's what they're talking about, Yo, my so, buddy Andrew Verstraight. So Encyclopedia Metallum, if you're listening, we got you, all right? On yeah, the you, air. we got you, you fuckers. <laughs> you, you were close, but you ain't right. Especially you. Uh, hold on, this is, <laughs> this is an important detail. Especially you, username Rape Jesus. Oh, boy. Oh, no. You got to fix that, man. Yeah, username Rape Jesus on Metallum, bro. You got to fix that, man. Do you Rape have any brothers? Jesus? Do you have any yeah, brothers or sisters, Eric, at all? Yeah, I have uh, I have two brothers. They're twins. They both turned forty uh, a month ago, and they're both not named Drew, right? No, no Drew there. It's a Jim and a Paul, and they don't and we don't share the last name. So okay, man, no doubt, man. Look, yeah. I'm not I'm not, I'm not going to do the CIA gig on you, bro. I don't want to know anything about your last names and your family and all that. All right. Hey, I'll um, give you my social if you want it, man. I don't give a fuck. Right, we're gonna run that credit, get that brutal truth credit check. All right, cash oh, man, dude, it's huge. I got like four dollars and thirty two cents last year, man. Oh man, <laughs> shit's bank. Are you, you ASCAP or BMI? Uh, I don't know. Oh, uh, ASCAP, 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 ASCAP. ASCAP. All right. He's BMX, bro. He's got a. He's it's got a ASCAP, brother. <laughs> 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 doing tail whips. Fuck. Okay. All right, man. Uh, so Eric, dude, I can already tell, man. We're gonna have to try to maybe get you back in the future because there's so much we got to ask you about. And um, you know, as I always say, we want to be respectful of your time. One thing I, uh, you know, to close out, kind of um, for this round though, uh, you did a lot of time in Nuclear Assault and Brutal Truth. You're still officially with Nuclear Assault, right? Oh yeah, yeah, man. And we're still we're we're still gigging. We played uh our last gig we played was in uh we played a 
Mexican Mexican Metal Fest uh, two days after Thanksgiving, uh, you know, a month ago. It was uh, oh, okay, sweet. Yeah, yeah. So we we're still doing random gigs. It's not. I mean, the band was supposed to be done in 2016, but the fucking uh, but our original drummer quit uh, before the before our last show. So, um, uh, you know, Nick Barker joined the band, and yeah. after Nick joined the band, the band kind of gained momentum again, and that's why that's why we're still fucking playing. I mean, that's why you had to get. That's so why I had to get Drew. Nobody could play like Well, yeah, like Drew. Nick. It, well, Except between Brother Drew Bond. and Nick now, like sometimes Nick is doing uh, uh, Breweria, and then uh, if he's doing that, and we got something with Nuke coming up now, there's like a backup drummer. And, you know, I know a lot of the OGs probably don't like it very much, seeing new people all the time and shit, but. It's part of the game nowadays, man. Yeah, that, that's, it, how, it, that's how most of these old bands survive nowadays, man. It, it, yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah. Who, was, uh, who was drumming on that tour with Municipal? That you guys were on tour with Municipal. Yeah, that was like two years ago. Um, we that. did one. We did one show with Municipal. Oh, that one at the, the, po- at the Polish Club. The Polish oh yeah, Scott, Warsaw. Warsaw. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was a, a whole tour for some reason. Yeah, I was at that. Uh, I was at that show. I was been, pretty drunk though. So yeah, no, no. I think I think they were on tour with the Haunt that played that night. Right. But but we just we just did that one show. Yeah. Oh okay. All right. I. Uh, yeah, I I got confused. Yeah, but, yeah, well, yeah. That's I, right. That was a good show, yeah. man. They had that. Yeah, great, it was that, a lot of fun. That great the pierogies there are great. Uh, pierogies, yeah, <laughs> right. The pierogies. <laughs> Those sweet women over there, man, just doing the work, just really helping out. Come for the metal, stay for the Polish food. <laughs> hey, I love it. It's mm. my favorite. But that show was killer. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good time. That was packed. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. So I mean, um, those guys are great. Yeah, man. Uh, so. You also with with Dan Lilker, you keep pretty busy though because you and him formed the band Blurring, right? With um, yeah. uh, Matt Col- Col- is it Colbert? 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 Yeah, and, and uh, Scott Scott D'Agostino from uh, mm-hmm. both of Calabas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and um, we started doing Blurring, and uh, we did Blurring for a while without a bass player because we couldn't find one. It's kind of uh, the riffs that Scott and Matt write are. Uh, completely retarded and uh you know kind of like your band will <laughs> uh, allegedly we, allegedly yeah well you know and uh, uh but but you know it's the most beautiful it, the most beautiful sounds ever and uh, uh yeah those it, so we couldn't find a bass player for a while and uh pat murphy who was in calabas with us singing was the first singer in blurring for a while and uh uh, and then finally, we 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 convinced Danny to to give it a go since he knows how he knows how that kind of sound works, you know. And he learned their insanity uh, pretty quickly, and uh, that's just how Danny is, you know. He's a mutant to this music. He he just knows the in, ins and outs and can do it pretty much without too much thought. And uh, it's been awesome to work with him the last. Uh, well, fuck, since 2002. Yeah, that's so that's something I wanted to ask you, is is uh, working so closely with Dan Lilker through all these different projects and tours, what are some things you've learned from him? Um, I mean, he's, he strikes me as kind of like a lifer, an OG in the game, you know? Yeah, oh, he, he totally is. And, and it's weird because right when we just started talking about this is when I just started trying to... 
I'm realizing those feelings that I've had of things that I have learned from him. They have just been natural, you, you know, things that I've naturally learned and not been like, oh, you know, I got there from Danny. It's not really like that. It's like, holy shit, now that we're fucking talking about this. Yeah, I've I've picked up quite a bit of things. I'm not sure if I could put them necessarily, I can pinpoint, but that mm-hmm. feeling is there, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, I mean, I've learned, <laughs> I, I, I've, I've, yeah, I've, I've learned a lot from that dude. I've heard a lot of his fucking. He dude's got stories for days, and uh, I've had in, incredible times with that fucking lunatic. And I, I, I love him to death, and and uh, I'm very thankful that his wife dropped my name to him. <laughs> All those years ago, man. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it took me around the planet a bunch. So, I mean, it's it's it. That's all I ever wanted to do was just play. You know, mm-hmm. it'd be nice to make make a little bit of dough doing it. But uh, I just always wanted to be able to travel a little bit and just play. You know, so that so my mission is is complete. It's nice. Um, and and while we're talking about um playing out live, touring that sort of thing, you also did um a gig for Napalm Death, right? Oh, yeah, that was one of my highlights, man. That was four years ago. Or, well, shit, it's fucking five years ago now. 2000, um, 2015, right? 2015, yeah. I mean, uh, that was uh, that was one of the greatest rides I've ever been on. That was uh, uh, one of the, you know, one of the dream come trues. The first, the first two gigs were on that fucking boat that travels from Miami to Jamaica and back, and oh, and uh, I was nervous. Tons or whatever. Yeah, it was yeah. seventy thousand tons, and and I was a nervous wreck. You know, I was having a great time, and I was making sure I wasn't partying. You know, I was having a beer and then shit in my pants, and and fucking, you know, just like being nervous, and and uh, uh, you know, my playing on the boat was okay. It was a little shaky on a couple riffs, and and. Uh, uh, but but after maybe about you know I, I had the set pretty good maybe after about I think it was about 33 shows total maybe after about the first 10 I any of the little quirks that I had through some of the tunes I had ironed out and uh, uh, and I was able to start throwing in my own little things you know which mm-hmm. is usually just fucking pinch harmonics but i love fucking squalling all day so it's like that was i was taking i was taking certain riffs and falling out of them early and just fucking squalling into the next ones you know and and it was like i and i was finding the sweet spot so it was it was it was cool because danny plays different than what they're you know what a lot of the shit that i was rehearsing to which was the records you know and uh um and then the time to learn the shit made me fucking crazy because I think I had like um, four or five weeks maybe mm-hmm. no I think it was five or six weeks and uh, it was uh, and then we rehearsed three days at a storage place in, in Florida and then we went on the fucking boat and we played and, and uh, uh, Dave Whitty was uh, next to Rob Barrett right in front of me fucking yelling shit at me and it was <laughs> I was shitting my pants and and uh, any time I miss a little something, it only took a half a second. I was like, oh, my God, I just tanked the whole set, you know, and it was like <laughs> I was, I was over exaggerating everything. And and uh, sorry, I get chatty, but it was the fucking it was one of the greatest rides, man. I mean, when I had to set down, it was a complete fucking it was way more comfortable and it was mm-hmm. a party. And yeah. uh, all those guys are great. 
Barney loves drinking coffee, and 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 is is a lot of fun. It was fun. Did you get hooked up with that through Dan Lilker? Uh, well, he didn't. Shane contacted me through Facebook himself. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I had met. I've known him just through playing shows with Napalm or Brutal or Nuke or, Nuke or whatever. I've met Shane a while ago. Um, so that's kind of just how that went. And uh, uh, But that was right after uh, John wasn't able to get in. He had already been doing shows with, with Napalm, but there was something either with work visa or, or there was something that he just wasn't able to do it. Mm-hmm. So... So, yeah, because that was the big question after doing it. Oh, are you going to do more? Are you going to do more? I go, John's already got the gig, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I don't know, you know, John's style, I think, fits it better anyway. I think Ryan is a little, might be a little too loose. My double picking's not as tight as it should be. So. The, the world needs to hear your riffs, though, man. Hey, um, I'm not going to argue with you. It's a lot of fun <laughs> to present them. <laughs> what, now, one, one last thing before... Um, we we uh, respectfully ask you to recommend some some music. I gotta know uh, what's your relationship like over the years with the music of the band Goreguts. Oh fuck, man! Uh, Matric. All right, I'll try to keep this not too long. But uh, mm-hmm. my but- first band, Matricor, we opened for uh, uh, the Goreguts Atheist Cannibal Tour, which I think was the Butcher. I'm not sure if it was Butcher or Bird or who gives a fuck. And, uh, but we were in love with fucking Considered Dead. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, they got to, they got to the club. And, uh, obviously, me and the two other guys in, in Magicor, we immediately, like, glommed on to fucking Luke and totally became bros and this and that. And, uh, shortly after their tour was done, our band, we stopped by Buffalo. We picked up Alex from Cannibal, and we went up to Sherbrooke, where they live in Quebec, and we spent the weekend uh, up there with him and the band, and just hung out and fucking watched them jam, and uh, 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 and it was a lot of fun. And I've always kept in contact with Luke. That dude is fucking amazing, and I love him. And where his style went is just fucking perfect. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's that style of death metal that that I that I love right now, and uh, uh, that I've loved for a while. And um, even the old school shit that they did too is is uh, uh, I just I love him and I love his sounds. And uh, uh, yeah, Luke has a lot to do with my style as well. So he was a very big influence on me, and he still is. I mean, he's not—he's not putting out as much stuff these days, but the stuff he puts out is just—it resonates forever. So it's—it's mm-hmm. it's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, he—he's more like an author now who takes like several years to come back with like a book that everyone has to digest for a while. You know? He's, it, yes, yeah. that's yes, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay. Well, I—I I had to um, ask that question, and I'm—I'm I'm really glad I did. I knew there was some connection there, and I'm glad you were able to make it for us, man. Yeah. Yeah. He's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed, agreed. Nice guy. I've met him a few times, man. Really nice, humble guy too. Very nice man. He, yes, he is. He's he's fucking awesome. Still sits behind his own merch booth and fucking <laughs> will yuck <laughs> it up with fucking everybody. He's yeah, man. he's he's a he's an amazing amazing dude. I saw him here. Fuck, I don't know. It was maybe a year ago or something, and and it was just like I saw him back then, which was 
I don't know how long ago, 91 or <laughs> something like that, or 90 yeah. or, or something. I still yeah. have some pictures. It's fucking funny. <laughs> awesome, man. Um, yeah. and, and maybe on that note, man, talking about uh, nostalgia and things like that, uh, you know, to, to close out this interview, um, we always ask our guests to recommend one classic uh, music release and one newer music release of any kind, any genre, just as a recommendation for the listeners, if you want to go ahead and do that, man. Oh, shit. Well, I mean, we have been talking about Brutal Metal. So, I mean, if I was to say, if I was to say for Brutal Metal, and I know you gave me the heads up earlier, but like 14 things came up. Of course, yeah. When I yeah, thought of them, you know. But, yeah. then, but then I narrowed it down to like three. And uh, the first one that always stands out is Seance for Never Late to Rest. That's one of my favorite records ever. Wow, okay, Seance. And, and uh, yeah, like I, I just think that album is perfect. And, mm-hmm. and then like after that is like Atrocity, Hallucinations, which is like my favorite. Yeah, from yeah. are they from Germany? Trust yeah, okay, I think yeah. so. They kind of went sour on some of their latter albums, but uh, uh, but that record is just so fucking good. Yeah, their and, old old atrocity is like really good, kind of pioneering uh, tech death, you might say. Yeah, yeah, and then on the other side of the other side of the boat, I listen to uh, I listen to uh, a, a lot of R and B, uh, and I would say old school. You got to listen to Jodeci. Wow, because uh, that shit is the bomb. I love that shit to death. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, and Mint Condition, they're my favorite too. Dude, I had no idea the Artificial Brain guys. If they're listening, are laughing right now. This is literally what I play in the van when I drive. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, dude, yeah. that's all I listen to. I like. Holy I, shit, dudes with black T-shirts, man. They're they're <laughs> fucking lame, dude. I mean, I love death metal <laughs> to death, and I just love. But I love talking shit like that. You know, like I, I. I I love that shit, but man, I, I, dude, I go to the R and B shows around town. I, I fucking, uh, uh, whenever the big tours come through, I go to all. I, I went and seen Keith Sweat a couple years ago. He okay, was fucking amazing. Okay, uh, yeah, that's that's that, that that's my shit. But uh, as far as like new stuff, um, man, my fa- my favorite stuff of new stuff this year has got to be like the Die Choking record. The blood incantation record mm. and that fucking new cat of decapitation is just so fucking great. Interview like, two of them working on the third one. Bam! Yeah. All right, love it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, all good albums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I love all those records. They kind of stick out. I don't really. Uh, I, I listen to so much R and B that I don't. I don't. There's so much fucking metal now, and there's so much like underground shit that's brutal that. I hear a little of it, and then I forget who the fuck it is, and it gets lost in a playlist at just wherever. And I don't know what the fuck I hear, and there's just so much fucking shit, you know. Well, we Dude. we consider ourselves curators of this very problem you're describing. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Holy shit, I know. It's 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 inundated, <laughs> and with the with the internet, you don't have to work as hard to listen to it anymore, man. This podcast kind of like helps me with that because I kind of I, I I I listen to a couple of things, and I find one new release to talk about each week, uh, and yeah. and then and then that's it, man. Because you can get so overwhelmed, man. But holy shit, we got to have like a whole separate episode talking about R and B. If I knew Eric Burke was listening to those '90s Joe CJ, what about the? Uh, from the the second Mary J. Blige album, or was no, it was the first Mary J. Blige album where she gets the guy from Joe to see. 
uh, uh, Casey or Joe. Casey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if, if loving you is all I have to do, yeah. Come on, man. There's a lot of great music back then, man. Oh, dude, don't even get don't even get me started. If man. we start talking but, about Bell Biv DeVoe and all that oh, sort of yeah. thing, man. New, <laughs> I mean, even New Edition. Um, yeah. New, I could go New Edition, uh, Post Bobby, Ralph Tresvant. I mean, let's you know whatever. Let's talk shit, bro. But I'm gonna uh, after this interview, I'm gonna text you a few links for some like uh, contemporary modern R and B artists that I like. A lot, okay, man, I gotta put you onto some stuff, man. I lo- hey, I love that. That's my, that's my shit, dude. Damn that man. and fucking brutal and brutal riffs. That's yeah, it. yeah. Hey, hey Eric, uh, I have a question for you. So yeah. Um, Will is so psyched right now on this R&B thing, and we've been putting together <laughs> bonus episodes. Would you be willing to do, like, a 20-minute phone call with Will about R&B exclusively? Yeah, yeah, of course, man. Are you kidding Whoa. me? Okay, sick. Yeah. It'll be fun. Yeah. Sick. All right, awesome. cool. All right, well, well, I'll, I'll text you, and we'll, and we'll set it up. Yeah, yeah, dude, yeah. totally. Yeah. I, I got some stories, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, man. Yeah, me, yeah. T- me too, man. Dude, that's crazy, man. Yeah, that's like my my soft spot is like, and then I go back to like, I either go pretty much 70s or 90s. Like, I'll go like the 90s stuff like Jodeci or like yeah. you talk about like the Gap Band and, yeah. uh, and and Earth, Wind and & Fire. And we were just talking about Yacht Rock and stuff like Michael McDonald and all that. Oh, oh dude, we pump, we pump yeah. Yacht Rock at the fucking shop all the time, man. He's mm-hmm. on every other fucking song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my, that, that's actually the third Michael McDonald impression in two weeks here on the podcast. <laughs> you can't, you can't get away, and they're all bad. <laughs> oh my god! All right, dude, uh, Eric, man, it was really awesome talking to you, and and, and it flew by, man. There was a, you know, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, things- whenever you want to party, man. Whenever you want to party, just <laughs> let me know. Yeah, dude, man, we'll we'll be in touch, man. Um, about setting something else up in the future, but. For the meantime, what's going on right now, man? What can fans of your music, uh, regardless of the band or the project, what are you working on for 2020 with your different uh, front uh, platforms? Well, uh, Salako is, we're going in the studio. I mean, right now is January 6th, so we're going in the studio and uh, end of February, and we're going to record like three or four new tunes because Brian's back in the band and we have a singer now, and I'm kind of anxious to have some new sounds out. Mm-hmm. Rather than wait for, uh, you know, wait for a full length. So, uh, you know, the way the way things the way things are these days, it's just like I just want to record music and have it available online, so everyone yeah. can just have it, you know. And and then and then just try and work on getting out of town to play some fucking shows and party with dudes, you know. Yeah, it's, it's weird as that sounds. Whoa, whoa. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. And, and yeah. Uh, um, so that's kind of, we're real excited about that because our new tunes, they're pretty metal and and uh, 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 they got a little mix of groove and grind and uh, so we're pretty psyched about that and, and uh, with a little bit of noodles in there. And, uh, uh, and then uh, Blurring is working on, we just finished uh, a second new song and uh, we're going to record a couple tunes pretty soon and we just recorded a couple tunes about a year ago uh so i don't know what we're doing with any of that shit but i'm sure it'll be available digitally pretty soon and and uh so yeah i guess it's just working on new stuff right now and uh uh hopefully hopefully getting Salako out of town uh next year because uh or next year it's it's next year now uh <laughs> so, <laughs> this year man yeah, yeah, the, fu- yeah the future I, I, is I, now I forgot about the last fucking week of life, and uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, 
want to get back down there and play in New York. And we haven't played in St. Vitus yet. Uh, I really love that place, and uh, it was mm-hmm. great seeing you guys play down there not too long ago. Uh, the sound's always perfect, and and uh, and the atmosphere is always just right, you know. And um, uh, yeah, just looking forward to getting out and playing some gigs, and fucking having a good time, man. Awesome, man. Well, you know, ho- well, hopefully we can um, uh, we can we can do it do it again at St. Vitus with you guys on board, man. We'll we'll, yeah, we'll see yeah. that. Yeah, keep it keep us in mind. That, absolutely, man. And uh, the listeners too will, I'm sure, man. So Eric Burke, uh, thank you so much for spending some time with us tonight. And we are going to be in the future to try to get you back on, man. We appreciate you, brother. Hey, dude, I appreciate your guys' time. It was nice to meet you guys. And uh, uh, fuck yeah, man, let's party. Hey, pleasure, Eric. Thanks, man. Thanks again, dude. A goddamn pleasure. Hell yeah! Th- thanks for promoting me, man. I appreciate it, dude. It's pretty. It's <laughs> It's pretty fucking awesome, man. I, I anyone that that helps pump the sounds that come out of the guitar when I turn it on, man, that's fucking killer, dude. I appreciate it. We appreciate you, man. Thank you, and thank you for loaning us your credibility. <laughs> All right, brother. Later, man. Have a good <laughs> night, brother. Peace. Fun talk, man. Yeah, Eric yeah. Burke, man. What a great guy, man. I love that dude, man. I knew this would be a fun interview. Uh, I'm fortunate enough. I met the guy a few times in person before this, man, and he did not disappoint. No, good times were just had by all. Yeah, uh, very informative. Guy. So so much st- like so much information. I mean, this guy's been in so many bands, uh, played so many shows, so many people adjacent to him. Uh, and and his musical uh, uh, career uh, have have gone on their own paths. I mean, the amount of bands like the Six Degrees of Separation, so to speak, with this guy's crazy man. A, a true inspiration to uh, work on your riffs. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, when he when he was talking about the riffs, he's you know he's not a lead guy; he's a riff guy. I was just thinking about how Justin's always saying, "Work on your riffs, man." So absolutely. Uh, so shout out to Eric Burke. Um, I'm very excited for a new Sulaco, uh, supposedly being recorded this year, coming out this year, man. Uh, trying to make moves to, to, to see if we can get them um, down down in Brooklyn, man. Hopefully that'll happen, man. So uh, thanks a lot to Eric Burke for his time. Um, and even, I mean, not, now I'm going to get, get rehash his recommendations. The guy was talking Jodeci. I, I'm the one who talks Jodeci on Heavy Hole Podcast. Well, stealing your thunder, Will. What yeah. do you think about that? Yeah. Maybe you should pick your guests better next time. Yeah. Well, so, <laughs> or, actually. Or you have friends. Act, well, all jokes aside, I do have friends. <laughs> And uh, one of them is Sam Smith, uh, bass player of Artificial Brain, also in many other bands. You can go back and check out our whole episode where we had him in the studio, interviewed him. He suggested that I, I, I get Eric Burke on the phone. So um, Sam Smith, is uh, he deserves a little bit of credit for that um, curating of guests tonight, man. It was it was at his behest that we called up Eric Burke, and the great Eric Burke called in, man. So Or right we on. called him. So thanks to Eric Burke. Uh, and now at my behest, I'm going to ask you guys, um, what have you been listening to? What's up? All right, I'm going first this time with my new one because it also has to do with what Eric was talking about. When we asked him his new one, uh, he threw a few out there. Are you listening to Jodeci? No, that was okay. Yeah, that was all right. All right. Uh, Cattle to Cap, 
and what else was he? What were the other ones he mentioned? Yeah, blood incantation. Blood incantation. Yeah, blood incantation. That's good stuff. Yeah. Die choking. Die, Die choking. choking. Yes. Four. Die yeah. choking. Four. That is my new one. And for the listeners, you can uh, check out our interviews with members of Die Choking and Blood Incantation. Go, go, peep those. Absolutely. So, yes, my new recommendation that we're going to dive into a little bit is Die Choking's Four because mm. this shit is tight. Strong, strong yes. album. All right. So, like Will just said, we talked to Paul few months ago mm-hmm. uh, we had a we had a great conversation with Paul he sounded a lot different then so this is actually their first full-length album the uh, three previous EPs they released one two and three mm-hmm very intense good stuff yeah and then what, what are you gonna do you you're obviously you're just gonna go to four yeah and go full length with it why not uh, so that yeah this is self-published October 22nd 2019 this album it's noisy it's intense, but it's also approachable in a lot of ways. I don't feel it's not that much of a stretch for you to recommend this grindcore album to fans of technical death metal or hardcore. And yeah. those are very different, but they've done such a good job with this album of bringing a bit of that technicality in, bringing in parts that really stick with you. They, they, they kind of resonate as they're happening. As they're happening, and then you kind of wish they kept going. This is the grindcore curse. A lot of grindcore dudes write really catchy, groovy riffs and then only play them once in a song. Yep, sorry, I gotta listen to the song again. Yeah, you're on it. So uh, this album is guilty of that, and it's it's a good thing to be guilty of for sure. Um, it's aggressive, it's jarring, it's super forceful, but not an ugly grind album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what the thing is, when the songs are short and, and grindcore and blasty like that, uh, it's not on the band to repeat the riff. It's on you. You got to listen to the album more That's than right. once. Yeah, yep. you know, absolutely. Yeah, uh, great album, great band. I've been watching these guys on the come up for several years. Um, always just kind of. I mean, I don't want to say like improving their sound. They're all uh, you know like crazy musicians, man. And um, just just watching them kind of like I guess uh, reach their their full potential, man. On this one is is really uh, yep. exciting, man. Yeah, really it, great it, grindcore record. And also, sorry not to cut you off, but no, it's all good. Uh, there's so much grind. Like we were just saying with with um with Eric, there's so much of everything nowadays. It's hard. Every you know things get lost in the soup. It's a lot it's of saturated. People. This stands out in grindcore, and it's really hard because grindcore, uh, by definition, sometimes can be very um, uh, formulaic. Uh, yes. You know, there's plenty of bands that break that formula, but there's a formula to grindcore that most people can figure out on the basic level. Die Choking just kind of takes it and throws it to the wind in a lot of ways. Yeah, well, yeah, they're taking that formula, but then recalculating it in a way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is a recalculation of things that are very familiar to us, but presented in a great package here. The mix is, like, super in your face, but it's warm at the same time. It doesn't sound plastic. I use that term a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I like things that don't sound plasticky, even though we live in the plastic age there's of mixing of, and production. Yeah, uh, like and there's a lot of good stuff that comes out like that. Stable, yeah. But this th- this stands out to me because of how uh, how abrasive and warm it is at the same time. The combination of speed and technicality at times uh, reminds me of malignancy. Almost yeah. the way there's like this frenzy of things going on, and then it'll stop and go again. You know. Or I was gonna say this. This is a this is a band perfect for fans of Revocation mm-hmm. to go a little bit deeper. Like uh, even the, there's there's a slightly similar vocal style going on too to what Dave okay. is doing. Like uh, 
in the, in the later Revocation releases. But uh, if you lo- love Revocation, you want to sound a little bit more dense in your tastes, like recommend Die Choking to your friends. Man. You guys are going to love it. Also, there's a really cool electronic... I guess I would call it an intermission. Mm. It's not really like a, its own piece. It kind of just transitions. Uh, this only runs... This album runs for about 20 minutes, and in the middle there, there's just this break of electronic shit, which keeps you in the sphere you've entered of intensity, but it's a different dynamic. Yeah. So, Collect your thoughts for a minute. Yeah. Okay. I think exactly. that's uh, that's, a, that's a testament to the, more matu- the, the maturity of the band. You know, it's nice to give... Uh, uh, the listener a chance to catch their breath you know on your full length record no matter mm-hmm. how long it is or especially with how intense it is yes keeps uh, keeps the interest up yes so check out Jai, uh, check out Die Chokings 4 Guys, that's not our Blizzard bonus episode that you can only listen to if you're uh, one of our Patreon uh, listeners. Mm. That that that's a shameless plug. Yeah. This is actually uh, the new album by uh, Bestia, uh, B E S T I A of Poland. Not to be confused with bands of that name from other countries, uh, Estonia included. There's a, another Bestia from Poland, but I'm talking about the black metal Bestia from Poland that just released this Cold Winds of Death album. Uh, you can find it on uh, Bandcamp. Um, and uh, I'm not normally your black metal guy. No. I enjoy, I've, I've talked about it. I enjoy many black metal bands. I own many black metal albums. But I always am coming from the grindcore death metal uh, school. You know, that's that's where I'm, I'm home. But I feel like black metal is a genre that I respect and I get a lot out of. And it's very adjacent to everything I do. Yeah, I mean, you have your favorites. And, yeah, of uh, course. Yeah, uh, and this band, uh, you know, I, I listened. It, it kind of came up on my algorithm randomly. I, I was checking it out, man, and I was like, "This is interesting." And once I, ch- I listened further, there was something about it that really appealed to me. Uh, and I'm, I'm the type of guy where if a black metal band has like more clear, thick production than the typical like co- corpse production, you know, mm-hmm. and deep vocals, uh, that's a big win for me. And these guys have. Um, more of that death metal approach in terms, I think, of production and vocals. Uh, they're 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 a black metal band that has the kind of sweeping, um, epic melodies to them, but the the brutal guttural uh, death metal vo- voices and um, the clarity of production that you can really hear the drums. Now the drums, uh, kind of that that they they snuck the drums in on me here because the the drums on this recording, uh, it was a session job by. Uh, I'm going to mispronounce this poor man's last name. Uh, Paul or Paul uh, Jarusowicz, um, who's actually better known as the drummer of Antigamma, grindcore band from Poland. Oh, this yeah. guy, Good uh, band, yeah. Also the drummer of one of the Batushkas. I'm not going to get into all that nonsense mm. right now, but he's in one of those bands. Uh, drummer of Hate right now, another band that's doing a lot of things. Um, drummer in a few different bands. People might also recognize him because he was uh, the drummer of Vader from 2008 to 2011. So this drummer has been around, 
And something interesting is with this kind of more like epic, dark, black metal record, you can hear the grindcore and death metal <clears throat> blasting and influence that mm. this guy brings to it. So... Um, really beautiful in the guitar work and the atmosphere that this sets. It's that kind of like nature-inspired forest black metal, I think you could say. It still has that wall of sound, dark mm-hmm. funeral thing yes. going on, yes. which I'm a huge fan of. Yeah, and, and it's it's beautiful. It's not quite as like heart-wrenching melodic as Dissection and your Swedish bands. This is very cold, uh, and it actually reminds me of some of the more like uh, Finnish death doom bands, and and um, you know it, it's it, they're they're a Polish band, and that Polish black metal, that Slavic black metal, it, it can be very dark and angry. From what I know, I'm not the expert, but this band seems to fit that vibe, but with more of a. Um, uh, an, an aesthetic and, and, a, and a, a production that a death metal fan like me can appreciate. I really enjoyed the shit out of this. I thought it was a great release, man. So, um, and it was actually released, I, th- I think, uh, it was released this month. It was released January 1st or 2nd, 2020. So it's hot off the press. Uh, mm. So check out Beastia with their album Cold Winds of Death on Bandcamp. And um, it's two guys, Savnok and Nihilist, with, of course, that drumming by... He's credited as, as Pavulon. I guess that's his his black metal name. Okay, we uh, all need one. Yeah, mm-hmm. of Antigama um, and, and formerly of Vader on drums. So this is an interesting black metal release you might want to check out for the death metal-centric black metal fan or black metal-centric death metal fan. To the old stuff, Justin. Uh, we start. Yeah, I'll start the old. Uh, Burn the priest, self-titled. Whoa, 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 jo- Justin. Where's your new record? What happened? Yeah, forget about it. <laughs> you finished the bathroom at least. If you didn't find a new record, New Year, old me. Oh my god, that's all right, man. I respect the fact that uh, uh, you just stick into the old schools this week. Man. There, well, here's here's the real on on the, on the podcast type thing is sometimes I don't find a new record that I like, so I'm not going to force it. <laughs> I never force it. Yeah, but always, I did find always natural. But I did find an old record that I kind of want to bring back to the surface a little bit. Lay it on me. So I'm bringing up "Burn the Priests" self-titled record, released April fourth, nineteen ninety nine, mm. on Legion Rex. Mm. Uh, Good record. So uh, if you don't know "Burn the Priest," uh, "Burn the Priest" is the is is Lamb. It's Lamb of God. Uh, <laughs> before they were Lamb of God. Uh, so Lamb of God released New American Gospel in 2000. Yeah, with a um, a straightforward to somewhat tongue-in-cheek band name switch. Yeah, right? You know? Yeah, so uh, they, I, I mean, I, I believe they switched from Burn the Priest because they thought uh, they were, well, a few radio stations were refusing to play them. Probably only because of the name, not because it was it sounded like this, you know, right. as radio stations go in 1999. <laughs> uh but yeah, you know, I uh, I found this record after uh, after getting heavily into into Lamb of God, kind of going back into into their history. And uh, yeah, man, this is a uh, it's it's cool because it's it has a lot of the same 
Lamb of God groove, you know, that they kind of showcase mm-hmm. New American Gospel. Um, but the riffs are, are way simpler, you know. Uh, th- this reminds me more of like an early 2000s, like, kind of like hardcore leaning metalcore band uh, in, in the likes of like Hatebreed, Throwdown. There's a band called Blood Simple uh, right. that was kind of that was kind of like this. Um, it's almost like Sepultura ish, mm-hmm. like groovy, fucking modern metal. What's um, interesting, I remember there was an era right around when Roots uh, came out, the Sepultura album, and they were touring with like VOD and stuff. Like it was like this weird. Yeah, there you go. And then all of a sudden, yeah, like you, you like it was like there was the hardcore bands were doing more of that groove metal stuff, sure. and it was like a big. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, VOD is a good uh, a good example. Cross pollination of influences. Um, you know, this is a uh, it's like I said, this is Lamb of God before um, before they changed their name. Uh, same lineup with the exception of the, of the guitar player. Um, this featured uh, guitarist Abe Spear, who instead uh, of Willie Adler, instead of Willie Adler, okay, uh, he ended up leaving the band to go uh, make films in New York City. Hmm. I wonder how that went. Yeah, well. We're gonna tune in, tune in next week, and we'll bring, we'll provide an update. Uh, so when he left, Will, uh, Willie Adler, uh, brother of Chris Adler, the drummer, came in and they did whatever they did. But we're not talking about Lamb of God right now. We're talking about Burn the Priest. And there's something here if uh, if you're into just fucking heavy Virginia metalcore, man. Um, that you know, I think I think one of the bands probably lesser stated. Uh, especially seeing like the the turn that they went uh, to kind of define or support that more hardcore leaning metalcore ish modern uh, bullshit that went on in the early two thousands. So burn the press, check it out. stuff right here decay rebirth this is their 1993 demo it's uh on a label called skull thongs mm. skull thong yeah skull thongs multiple and uh it's a defunct label that was absolutely with no research but i'm going to guarantee it was run by one of these guys because <laughs> it's this is the only release on it and uh they've <laughs> they've disappeared since but uh no jokes Decay, sick band from Dayton, Ohio. Killer riffs. Riffs is the theme tonight, apparently. Killer drums. This is pretty amazing. Yeah, the drums are fucking gnarly. Also, his tone is just like mm-hmm. rubber bandy, but like <laughs> fantastic way. Yeah, this band Decay, they were around from 1989 to 1996. Damn. They did do three demos in total and one split. That's it. Very unfortunate because this shit is killer. Articulate performance, clever drumming by Brian Harris. This drummer is super, super tight. And uh, 
he actually played a couple years in the one and only Gus G's Firewind Get from the Greece. Fu- oh my God, songs about love. Yeah, Amazing. I also see that he played in the Reefer Hut, which was a marijuana themed death metal band in the '90s, long before some other marijuana themed death metal bands. Amazing. Yes, he did. Should, should we continue the theme of uh, just people with last names or brothers? Right. So it's, it's the it's the brother of Adrian Harris from Iron Maiden, right? Uh, that might be a falsehood. Okay. Harris is a pretty common name, mm-hmm. and I see the guitarist of this band, Harold Burton, was. Uh, Ex Erotic Incisions, yes. which was a short-lived band that had members of Clean Flesh, uh, kind of a cult Ohio death metal band. So, th- not surprised that there's some links here to other bands. This is really amazing stuff here. Decay Rebirth, 1993 demo. Check it out; it's on YouTube. Um, also, the drummer Brian Harris has a YouTube channel where he shows some of his. Um, he plays in a couple bands currently, and he he shows some of his drum videos. He's really good. He's still playing. Good still, fucking player. Still really good, apparently. Amazing. Well, I mean, you know, if you if you uh, fall off on this stuff, it's an a- it's an athletic sport what these drummers are doing, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. So, it's not only work on your riffs, it's stay up on your riffs. Yeah, staying up. So, yeah, check it out. Check out Decay Rebirth, the 1993... Oh, Decay Rebirth, 1993 demo. And check out Brian's YouTube channel if you're up there. Uh, Brian Hammer's Drummer. I'm happy to have found this. Okay, so uh, a little bit further back in this episode when we were talking to Eric Burke, we brought up the fact that he was friends with and did a little backup vocals on uh, the band Disgorged, uh, their their EP, the, the Thy Hideous Wake, he did the backup vocals on, and played live guitar in Withered Earth, which was the band that members of Disgorged formed after David Colross left. So Dave Colross, uh, classic death metal drummer, everybody uh, knows who he is, if you don't Google him. Uh, maybe we'll try to get him on the line one day. So who knows? But one of his very first bands was Disgorged, past tense of Disgorged, Disgorged from upstate New York. Uh, and as I mentioned before in the interview with Eric, um, uh, the slam sound, the, the groove-oriented death metal, uh, it always gets credit uh, down here in New York City and Long Island. But uh, there were some upstate bands doing that sort of thing as well. And this is probably like the one that always comes to my mind when I think about uh, slammy, chunky, guttural vocal death metal from upstate New York. Uh, these guys were doing it, man. And um, this Thy Hideous Wake EP, I kind of just put this on, but this and a few of their demos, I believe, are available on the split CD with Withered Earth, uh, which Withered Earth, again, just a band with pretty much all those guys. But Dave, uh, it's called The Unspeakable Revived slash Abolishing Thorns, Withered Earth and Discord split CD. It was released on Severed Records in 2002, so it's a little dated. I don't know if they've repressed it, but you can get all this stuff on the internet. You know how it is today. But um, Withered Earth may be more of a progressive kind of technical take on death metal from some of the same guys, but this disgorged band, in this day and age where people are going back and uh, re-exploring these brutal... Uh, low-end 90s death metal bands. This is one that you don't want to leave out. Uh, th- this is just 
it, it's hard to believe sometimes that this was 1993 because it sounds like a lot of stuff that would happen later on in the decade. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, if for fans of Internal Bleeding, for fans of uh, maybe like the first Pyrexia album before they started blending more elements of hardcore and things like that, for uh, for for fans of Embryonic Death, man, you know this is a band from several hours to the north that was kicking it much the same way. So uh, that's all I'm gonna say, man. And and I, I would definitely recommend Withered Earth, though they definitely take a turn for the more, uh, I guess, progressive you could say, um, and and technical, maybe more influenced by uh, like death or something like that. But this band disgorged um, pure brutality. <laughs> Okay, so uh, we spent a lot of time in Rochester, New York tonight um, via Eric Burke on the phone, man. We thank Eric Burke for his time and his uh, his candor, man. Very interesting guy, a lot of music. Yeah, uh, uh, it doesn't stop. We're definitely, once again, another part tour. And yeah, this yeah, happened. yeah, we got to get him back on. I want to talk to our, uh, talk to this guy about R&B. Um, uh, that, that, that's for a whole other episode. But um, thanks to him, man. Uh, Tom digging up these death metal bit decay i mean it, where do you find these like Dense progressive fine. technical amazing bands tell them tell under I, a rock i mean i'm using the internet but i'm also using it like a speed freak <laughs> you're using the internet in in a, in a weird way man no uh and i just had to bring back this disgorged uh from upstate new york man i can't say enough good things i was just mentioning how uh i do in fact own this cd uh, this disgorged, withered, or split CD, regardless of what Tom tries to he tell He was you. talk flexing, which yeah. is like a questionable flexing. Allegedly yeah. flexing. Allegedly, yep. I, I couldn't. It's in a box of CDs at I home. believe I, you I, flexed before, and, and you'll flex again. Yeah, I, I couldn't dig it out, but I do own this. Thank you very much, yeah, man. you got a good flex record. Uh, <laughs> I got good records to flex. But oh, um, hey. so, so check out this disgorged. Check out all the stuff that we talked about. And if check you want. out... All of Eric Burke's band. You might need to call in sick to work if you're going to check out all of Eric Burke's bands. Um, but thanks again to him, man. We're, we're the Heavy Hole. We're on that uh, that old Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Heavy Hole Podcast. That's right. <coughs> if you want to email us, uh, we got that heavyholepodcast at gmail.com. We are still doing that uh, that deal. You want to email us um, if you got a popped cassette tape. And uh, you can email us. You can send it in. I'll do my best to fix it, man. I'm, I'm really hoping. I'm, this will be fun if somebody does that. You are just going to get a dumpster full of tapes one day. <laughs> I'll fix them, man. I got, I'm going to dub a copy of each one for myself, too, man. Awesome. What? Uh, what's the phone number, though, if somebody wants to call us up? Just like though, the same way we talked to Eric Burke tonight, uh, what's the same way somebody could call us up and leave a message and pretend to talk to us? Yeah, yeah. Tom, don't say don't say any other weird number. Like, Make sure you say the actual phone number this time because there's been like other numbers happening. You've been, you've been saying, so, uh, like... Different social security numbers. You've been saying pin numbers. You've been saying it's true. I don't know, right. the lotto numbers. Okay, I hear you. I hear time. you. Okay. Wait, you said the lotto numbers. The lotto numbers. I said the winning lotto were- numbers. You're gonna have to go to episode. You're gonna want to go to the shifty six episode and find out <laughs> what I was talking about. But 
If you want to grace our phone line that Eric just graced with us, 631-837-3274. Leave a message. And don't forget to say your name. Yeah. And yeah. also, um, in the words, um, one of my favorite heavy metal-inspired bands, Spinal Tap, give us some money. Uh, <laughs> Patreon.com slash Heavy Hole Podcast. We will, uh, you're going to get all kinds of cool bonus shit. Yeah, coming. we're working on the bonus episode. As I just said, we got that Blizzard bonus up now, man. We're working on some other stuff. I'm not even going to talk about it too much to the freebie guys. Oh. No, I'm just playing, man. If you're just tuning in for the uh, the, the weekly uh, free episode, man, we love you too, man. But hit us up on that Patreon if you can. You'll get extra content and all that sort of thing. Tough guy. That's okay? Right. <laughs> but Yeah, dude. <laughs> you like Chances that. Are, if, you're li- if you're here right now listening to these words deep in this episode, we've got you, right? Yeah, we've got, we got you. Tell your friends. We've got our coils in you, man. Yes. So, uh, Heavy Hole Podcast. I don't think we said the number twice tonight, though, man. Tom, what, oh. what's well, that number? Make sure, yeah, make sure he's doing it. Yeah. Operators are staying. We got so wrapped up in don't hitting you guys around, up for Tom. money. 631-837-3274. Put the reverb on it, Tom. I'm going to. <laughs> give, give us money. Give us money. Give yeah. us your money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we're having fun. We're having, we had a great time tonight. Yeah, we we partied yeah, with wow. Eric Burke. Eric Burke's got us in that party mood. He's just That's his effect on people, man. Mm-hmm. So, thanks again to Eric Burke. Thanks to all you for listening. Heavy, 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 heavy whole podcast. One. <laughs> One.